0: Paul McLean, Dave Cameron, those guys rolling in after a summer off—they're going to be wearing golf shirts. Guy Boucher, absolutely not. He's got the sport jacket on. He's letting you know that it is a sport, but you still wear a jacket. Uh, <laughs> so I and I respect that. I also respect that he's ramping up to the satin and velvet, like he was just basically wearing a relatively understated tan blazer. But he let you know that you know, first day of camp, I'm showing up with something with buttons on it. Get your headspace right for the rest of the year. We're not screwing around.
1: Uh, that's a great blazer though, like
0: the greatest thing
1: associated with
0: tan since the calculator <laughs> wow this is exactly like the first day camp where you're finding out who was skating in the offseason and who wasn't that's what this podcast is
1: you dotted in red remember todd white where did eric carlson eat last night it doesn't matter if you ask it's the Chet and Luke podcast. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode bala of the Chet Sellers and Luke Paristi podcast. I'm Luke and I'm joined as always by the only white male who promises to never join the athletic. It's Chet Sellers. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, man? Pleasure to be here. I'm doing Love the show. Well. It's been such a long summer. Wait, did you did you say you love the show?
0: I love the show, and I'm glad to be back. Uh, it's been a long summer, as you say. I did my usual thing, get off the grid in the Hamptons, uh, try to forget about the, uh, the playoffs. Oh, and I just thought about the playoffs, and so now I'm sad again. <laughs> so we've had the summer off. We've come back now. Uh, I guess there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, I've got a laundry list here, and some of it is kind of inscrutable, if I'm honest. What Uh, is a laundry list? Like, is it a list of clothes that you need to wash or is it a list of clothes you need to pick up like from the dry cleaner? Like when people say laundry list, what do they mean? Because I do laundry and I've never made a list. That's a good question. I have a uh, large container full of dirty clothes and it goes in the washing machine. Well, that's an extremely simple system. <laughs> Why didn't I think of
1: that? Just do away with the list entirely. Yeah.
0: See, are you itemizing all your dirty clothes? Or is it is it are you're getting someone else to do it and you have a list and you're saying when I show up, if any of the four sock garters I gave you are missing, you will uh you will hear about it from my lawyers. Look, I don't really care to give the public this type of uh, intimate glimpse
1: behind the curtain of my life.
0: All right. Well, what I do appreciate uh, is that I've never seen your socks at uh, anything less than uh, full height.
1: And you know what? You're welcome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, so, you have thought, a list.
1: Yeah. Number one on this list just
0: says Nate Thompson. Do you know what that is? Nate Thompson is one of these veterans I've been hearing about that uh, Guy Boucher is a fan of. I believe he played for uh, our beloved coach in Tampa Bay uh, several years ago. But Nate Thompson, as I understand it, is a fourth line center. So he's uh, been signed for twice as much money for twice as long as Chris Kelly was last year, which everybody thought was a decent deal until they saw Chris Kelly play. Twice the money, twice the time. I guess that means he better be four times as good as Chris Kelly. That's the standard that I will be holding Nate Thompson to. Four times negative seven is still negative
1: twenty-eight. I don't know if that's the, I don't know if that's the standard we uh, want to go we, for.
0: We make fun of Chris Kelly, but hey, he got a PTO with you know Stanley Cup champion uh, the Oilers, so he can't be all bad. Peter Chiarelli must know something we don't about Chris Kelly.
1: I mean, Jared Cowan's got a PTO right now as well, like. I don't think we can necessarily say that PTOs mean
0: that you've definitely got it all together. Jared Cowan has his PTO with Colorado, a team not known for its defense. <laughs> and I saw an article yesterday that he is complaining about his treatment at the hands of the Toronto Maple Leafs. On the one hand, I'm like, oh, let him cook. I'd like to hear this. On the other hand, I'm like, you know, Jared Cowan, maybe you need to look in a Jared Cowan-sized mirror and <laughs> make sure that you get a job this year before you start talking that that mess about the smartest franchise in hockey. I think I've said enough words about Jared Cowan over the course of my life, and <laughs> I'm just
1: going to say good luck in future endeavors, Jared Cowan. I hope you find that spot on the blue line that
0: Patrick Weirkosh wasn't good enough to hold down. Seriously, we've just started this podcast. We've somehow already made it to Jared Cowan. You're saying you don't want to continue the Ched and Luke Cowan cast, which we've never lacked for material in the past?
1: He's my white whale. What do you want from me? (laughs) In the sense that he's big and slow and I'm obsessed with him.
0: Well, so let's all agree us and Jared Cowan will all try to live our best lives. We won't talk about Jared Cowan, and hopefully Jared Cowan will just go out and play the kind of hockey that he's known for, and we'll see where that goes. So if I can get serious for a second, the thing that the Nate
1: Thompson signing tells me... We're still on Nate Thompson, folks. We got a lot of
0: news to get to, Luke.
1: I like the idea that Nate Thompson is just a guy uh,
0: Pierre Dorian hired to keep Guy Boucher happy. Pierre Dorian said yesterday that if it were up to Guy Boucher, everybody on his team would be 35. I like that, you know, Guy
1: Boucher and Pierre Dorian have this kind of synergy going on where they try to work for each other. But the fact that Nate Thompson might not be particularly great at hockey is a little concerning. So if you're Guy Boucher, are you looking for fourth liners who you know are bad, but you need them to be bad in a very specific way? And so rather than going with your rookie who could be and in who knows what way you know you're going with Nate Thompson who you know is just not at all offensively gifted and you can just throw him out there and he'll just get run in his own zone and that's okay because that's part of the system um, I,
0: I think that's right I mean I think Tom Pyatt who has now signed a new contract is another guy in that mold right where he's like a veteran he's safe he's not spectacular he's probably below average when you look at the totality of his game but he's someone that the coach is comfortable with so I understand why those guys are there. Sure, Nate Thompson is probably making a little too much money for being at or below replacement level, and those contracts are death by a thousand cuts when you're a budget team, but on the whole, to me, he's a guy that's there to get somebody like Colin White to push harder for a job. So, in that respect, I I understand it, and I am glad that Pierre Dorian has some synergy with Guy Boucher to bring him in the veterans that he knows and loves, but at the same time, I'm hoping that Pierre Dorian, at some point will be like enough is enough we need some 22 year olds you know he did the same thing with johnny oduya right i mean that's carlson's Mm -hmm. guy that's carlson's 35 year old
1: you know carlson needs a new stay-at-home partner and why not go with a guy who's won a cup and is also swedish
0: and this place is just littered
1: with seventh defensemen now Well, look, anyone can be a first-pairing defenseman if you
0: play them on the first pairing. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing, right? You know, in finding somebody for Carlson, obviously our new Mark Mathot won't be local. He'll be Swedish, right? It'll be Carlson and Oduya, or Carlson and Freddie Clayson. So the battle to see who gets to be the Swedish Mark Mathot is one that I will be looking forward to uh, in camp. It's weird because we've been gone for several months and at this point
1: we're like yeah so how about that fourth liner we signed and also the new Swedish Mark Mathot. Unlike last season where we had to bid goodbye to DJ Zabanejad, Pierre Dorian hasn't made any big moves
0: No and I thought we had all agreed at the end of the season that after we kind of recovered from the disappointment in the playoffs that we were going to trade CC for above market value and I'm still waiting for that to happen. Why didn't that happen? I was promised that that would happen. That we would trade CC for a player two or three times more valuable than he is worth. And I'm still waiting for that to happen. Free Matt Duchesne. Well, he's showing up at camp out of respect for his teammates. And I was like, you know who else would respect his teammates? Cody CC. <laughs> exactly. A know? known entirely for his respect. I don't know why this isn't happening. I've seen all these Matt Duchesne trade rumors that involve uh, returns that are significantly better than Cody CC. Uh, but I ask you this. How come none of those trades have happened? It's because Cody CC's not involved. So let's make the deal. He's in the best shape of his life. Pierre Dorian said so. And then once we uh, trade for Matt Duchesne, I think who could be
1: more veteran than the ultimate veteran himself? Yarmur Yager. <laughs>
0: I am sure that he would love to slow down a little bit, maybe get uh, something in the hamlet of carp, maybe pay a lot of provincial income tax. What about Ottawa's situation does not say Yarmir Yager?
1: Exactly. Uh, He's within driving distance of several casinos. Yep. Uh, Let's also not forget that uh, I think one of the major barriers to signing Yarmir Yager at this point is that Mike Hoffman already has the number... Sixty-eight, but I think that's not a problem because if you're Yarmir Yager, just just add one, go for it. Yager sixty-nine in Ottawa. <laughs> I would buy three of those jerseys immediately. <laughs> so,
0: like, I would wear th- I would wear it every day. If I'm Mike Hoffman, I give up the sixty-eight to Yarmir Yager on the condition that Yarmir Yager quietly whispers in my ear the secret of eternal life.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you the number
1: 68 as long as you don't talk to my girlfriend. (laughs)
0: Allegedly. No, actually, it's not allegedly. Oh, yeah, Um, exactly. My suspicion as to why Yeramer Yager hasn't signed is that the market needs to kind of shake itself out first. And I'm speaking, of course, about the current sweepstakes between what I understand to be a number of teams to uh, bring in Chris Neal. Chris Neal, also in the best shape of his life, in the sense that he's currently weighing his options. It clearly has been a difficult decision for him because we're now mid-September and we're still waiting to find out who's going to win the Chris Neal sweepstakes. Chris Neal, the big domino that's holding up really everything at this point. Once that domino falls, I think the rest of the market will shake out. I think we'll see Yager sign. I think we'll see that uh, CC for Duchesne one for one trade. It's just a matter of kind of a few moving pieces.
1: Yes, the world is Chris Neal's <laughs> central beer house
0: Buck-A-Shuck oyster right now. I love it. Reversing
1: course for a minute though. Eric Carlson's wedding. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Eric Carlson got married. Uh, he seemed to be moving all right then, but unfortunately, now we've found out that he's probably going to be missing the uh, the start of the year. Uh, apparently, he's got some dead person's tendon uh, in his uh, in his ankle.
1: Yeah, and the conversation around Eric Carlson's zombie ankle has kind of been to say, "Oh, this is normal." They perform this procedure a lot, and I think they're trying to normalize the fact that Eric Carlson is now
0: basically a science experiment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a couple of things with this one, you know, now that we know that he has a cadaver tendon, what greater argument could there be for someone who's on the fence to sign their organ donor card? Right. Because, you know, now, unfortunately, if you do happen to pass away, the upshot is that parts of you could end up inside Eric Carlson. Right. And what what could be a greater honor in death than that? Right. To to continue to help his body perform at its maximum level. Right. So, folks, if you haven't signed your organ donor card, do so right away. And you never know. Eric Carlson might end up with your corneas, not because he needs them, but just because he wants them. And even that (laughs) would still be a fantastic honor.
1: Eric Carlson, 50 percent man, 50 percent amazing, 100 percent goat. (laughs) And also could be 3% you.
0: I do hope that they, you know, selected a cadaver that looked fast. I'll say that, right? Because one of the things that we know scientifically about any kind of transplant to a new host is that you may take on qualities from the person for whom you, you have taken the organ or tendon or bone fragments or whatever right given that that tendon will now start to affect eric carlson's personality and his soul and mind in ways that we can't predict and slowly perhaps even you know take over his body i you know trust the doctors on this one but i do hope that they have been you know and this is true for the senators and true in life you've got to be choosy with your cadavers
1: look i mean if there's one thing the ottawa senators are known for it's dealing in only the finest cadavers. Is that true? <laughs> so, Eric, Car- are you worried about Eric Carlson's ankle long term? I mean, your man's ankle is starting to
0: look like a patchwork that Quebec infrastructure could only dream of. I'm sure Eric Carlson will be fine. If he does miss some time, you know, it is an opportunity for some of the many seventh defensemen or possibly Thomas Shabbat to step up and make a case for more time on the team. I don't doubt that when he comes back, even if he takes a little while to round into shape that he will get there. I mean, this guy has already come back from having his Achilles sliced 70% of the way through. Uh, I am sure that he will be ready to go at some point once the season starts. And, you know, if he was able to basically play through the thing when it was shredded, I'm sure that he will figure out a way to play with a dead man's tendon in his foot.
1: It's been a little concerning because the word is out. And basically, Eric Carlson had surgery. They had to put a new... Um, slightly used tendon in his foot. And now the escalation of this has been a little alarming because after the playoffs, you know, Pierre Dorian said, I don't think anyone needs surgery. Now we've gone from no one needs surgery to Eric Carlson, the heart and soul and light and inspiration of this hockey team, needs some light ankle surgery. And now we've moved to Eric Carlson's light ankle surgery, involved replacing an entire tendon with someone else's tendon right and, and he showed up at the golf tournament bleeding <laughs> i know and and now we're into september and the conversation is well and now that he's had that surgery it's not really healing but don't worry and now i'm starting to become alarmed i don't know if i can trust the team anymore i've been lied to too many times and at this point, I feel like we're going to get into December and just the
0: conversation is going to be he may never play again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, that that is a terrifying thought. And certainly I can I can see that I will take the opposite side and remain optimistic because Eric Carlson is basically Wolverine. And I would expect that at some point through sheer will, he will regrow his own tendons and skin if he needs to. And he will be uh, he will be contributing for the team this year. But you're right. They have uh, they have buried the lead a little bit uh, with Carlson's ankle. You saw his Instagram. He was
1: doing backflips off his dock on his honeymoon. Like, what's what's happening here? Now, <laughs> now suddenly it's like, ah, yeah, it turns out the ankle still splitting open. Can't even put a skate on.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, that's is that good? He does ideally need to be able to skate in a way that doesn't involve bleeding from parts of his foot. But you know, we're all going to get there. We're all going to get there, right? Sign your organ donor card. We should probably talk a little bit about the news this week that uh, Clark MacArthur failed his medical. How deep. Uh, in terms of Red String and Tinfoil and Conspiracy, do you want to go on this one?
1: I think you should uh, start down this garden path and let's
0: just see where we end up. I'm not trying to be cynical, although, you know, I am the kind of person that doesn't believe that Oswald could have fired three perfect shots in six seconds. But yeah, whoa, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. Those shots were not perfect. Like,
1: <laughs> he, didn't he, he missed one entirely. He missed one like. entirely,
0: but the the second bullet created seven separate wounds in Kennedy and Governor Connolly, if the uh, Warren so Commission if anything, was to be believed. like,
1: that means the shot was even less perfect than the last one
0: maybe it was perfect <laughs> on average but right
1: yeah, central limit theorem doesn't apply to
0: assassinations right anyway continue we are starting to see that i think it was known within the organization that for one reason or another clark MacArthur was probably not going to be playing this year again it could be perfectly legitimate it could be that he did in fact suffer a neck injury during the playoffs that could have resulted in the return of concussion symptoms. Certainly, he had said that it was a lot of work on his neck that helped him finally get over concussion symptoms. And, you know, we've seen with players like Sidney Crosby that, you know, those kind of things can be related. He could have simply said, you know what? I came back for the playoffs. It was a good way to go out. And I've discussed with my family, and I don't want to take the risk of playing anymore, you know, because, you know, I've made enough money and I want to try to have the highest quality of life I can going forward. And that would certainly be a decision That we all would respect as well. And certainly if he is done, um, he is ideally in a situation he can go on long term injured reserve and continue to get most of his money. And the cynical side of me would say that might be a deal that they had quietly worked out before leaking to Bob McKenzie that, oh, well, we'll see what happens with his medical. I don't
1: really buy the conspiracy theory side of things the senators clearly have shown a willingness to not medically clear Clark MacArthur in the past and therefore I don't think it's fair to cast aspersions on the time that he did pass
0: no um, and and you know what I mean in a way like we all really like Clark MacArthur and a want the best for him but b want him on the team, right? Because he's a really good player and having him back for the playoffs made a huge difference last year. I think one of the reasons why I want to believe in a conspiracy is because I don't want Clark MacArthur to be continuing to experience concussion symptoms. I want him to be better, right? So I want him to be the guy going in and faking results on a concussion test and standing up and saying, yes, I agree. There are five lights because he knows how to fail a concussion test at this point, And he, you know, maybe wants to do that instead of play uh, and go on, you know, long term injured reserve. Because, as we all agree, what uh, is a more victimless crime than insurance fraud? Things have been kind of grim this offseason, haven't they? This is where we're at. We're now openly discussing,
1: well, hopefully one of our most beloved players is just practicing insurance fraud and isn't actually suffering from debilitating
0: symptoms. Well, I'm not not suggesting it, it would just be MacArthur. I think it might be, you know, I mean... The, the senators have no shortage of low-key contractual hijinks that have gone on over the last several years. Up to is an this inc- another Chris Phillips comment? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, when you have a press conference where Daniel Alfredson basically says, yes, we agreed we would circumvent the salary cap, and now I'm here because they refused to make me whole at the end of it. I think you can probably say, you know what, this is a this is an organization that is willing to, you know, skate around a couple of things when it comes to I don't know if that's the case with MacArthur or not. The truth is, I would really just prefer that he be healthy and playing for the team. So ultimately, I don't know if it matters, uh, you know, except if you are the insurance company wanting to know what the hell is going on. But, um, you know, I do I do wish him the best. And, and if he is done, um, he had a good career and he will still be one of my one of my favorite senators. I agree wholeheartedly with what you just said. But, I mean, you can look at this offseason as a series of consecutive bummers. Daniel Alfredson left the organization. Uh, Unfortunately, Brian Murray passed away. Rest in peace. Eric Carlson looks like he's more hurt than they let on. Clark MacArthur may retire with concussion symptoms. Freddie Clayson's first game puck got stolen. Or you can kind of say, you know what, they're coming back. They've got good young players. They're going to plug into the lineup. Carlson will be fine. Maybe they'll use some of that Clark MacArthur money if they get it covered by insurance and spend it on a new player. Although, practically, I think we all know that's not going to happen. So, you know, you can kind of look at it both ways. Uh, I'm choosing to be optimistic because it's September.
1: Derek Broussard, still not fully recovered from the surgery yet? As no, well. but he's in the
0: best shape of his life, according to Pierre Dorian. That, so I'm not, like, I'm,
1: here's the thing is that we make fun of, you know, coming into camp In the best shape of your life because people say that a lot. But what I'm learning is that I'd rather hear that than the cadaver tendon hasn't fully taken to his body yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, no, or, that's, that's probably Clark true. MacArthur hasn't passed his medical. I think this is the year that I come to appreciate just how good and important being in good shape is because it turns out it's vastly superior to
0: the alternative. With Carlson out, defense is going to be is going to be weird for a while. I think we're going to see a lot of fairly painful combinations until we start seeing some Some lineups that have Eric Carlson's name in them. I am optimistic about like Freddie Clayson playing with Carlson. I went back and looked at pictures of him from the playoffs. And if you squint, he looks like Mark Mathot. So I think he's going to be I think he's going to end up being that uh, that first pairing guy. And Eric Carlson's going to make him a bunch of money at some point. That's what Eric Carlson's for. And I hope he gets his uh, his first game puck back. You saw that, right? Where they came out and they said, this thing has disappeared. And we are hoping that someone is willing to come forward and tell us that, you know, they have the puck. No cops. Just uh, just return it and, uh, and everything's fine. This is one of those moments where I think that it's don't
1: attribute to malice what can be explained by incompetence. And I bet it's just on a shelf at Canada
0: Post somewhere. That is possible. That is possible. I mean, maybe it is cynical to assume that it's been stolen and put in somebody's man cave. And I guess one of the things that the senators figured they could do is say, this has been stolen... If you see it in your friend's man cave, please know that it's been stolen and hopefully uh, it'll be returned that way. But the truth is, I mean, if you go to your buddy's man cave and he's like, hey, this is uh, Freddie Clayson's first game puck. And you say, oh, the stolen one. He's like, yeah, the stolen one. It's like, awesome. <laughs> like anyone who is brazen enough to steal that puck and display it in their man cave is not going to be worried about the stigma that comes with having stolen it. I don't know if I really care for
1: the uh, for the phrasing of man cave here, because let's face it, I think a woman is equally as capable as uh, of a uh, stealing Freddie Clayson's first game puck.
0: <laughs> like, like, what, what is the market for like Freddie Clayson memorabilia? I don't know. I mean, it's it's hockey, right? It looks like something that you put on the wall. Obviously, because if it has been stolen, obviously it can't show up at a Boston pizza somewhere because that would be too high profile. So this is one of those stolen pieces of art that's going kind of into the underground economy and tracking it and then ultimately, um, you know, engage in restitution and get it back to the rightful owner it could take generations, right? I mean, mm. we're still finding, you know, art that was stolen in World War II. Like, Freddie Clayson's Game Puck is going to have to get in line. Freddie Clay- Jason's game puck is going to be imminently displayed in the British Museum. And I think it's important that we talk about it on the podcast, one, to bring attention to it, and two, to make it look extremely unlikely that I stole that puck. <laughs> because why so would I admit it on the podcast? Even... If you were somehow
1: taken to trial, you would never be convicted by a jury of your peers. And once that happened, I think that you would be first in line to execute a
0: search for the real thief. Right. I would. Uh, I'm I'm committing on this podcast now to go out and find the real person who stole Freddie Clayson's first game puck. That will be our goal for the year. Every year you need to challenge yourself to be better, and this year we're going to find out who stole that puck, because it certainly wasn't me. I've got this like ongoing like idea for Freddie Clayson. This is really stupid, by the way, just to
1: preface this. Sure. Like, f- for whatever reason, I can't shake this idea that the Freddie in Freddie Clayson is short for the name Freginald.
0: <laughs> that is the dumbest thing i've ever heard i know it's so stupid and i Fredginald. can't shake it <laughs> but then his name wouldn't be his name would be fredgy
1: i know it's it's there's levels to the stupidity of this thing but i can't <laughs> stop saying Fredgy clayson
0: okay can we
1: call him <laughs> fredgy clayson now i like that uh bring home fredgy clayson's puck for fredge um it's just not been not been the best off season which is really bad because by rates, right, so Ottawa should be coming into the next season on a high and it's just Things have not gone ideally. If we're no, honest. and
0: and everybody's saying that you overachieved, so you're going to fall back anyway. And you have you know lost players, and Victor Stahlberg is playing for like some club team in Switzerland, and Chris Neal is going to take his talents to South Beach, and uh, yeah, I mean, I can I can see that side of it. I'm I'm choosing to to keep my head up, and I'm sure when we when we meet again in a couple weeks to discuss who's lighting camp on fire, whether it's White or Shabbat or whether it's Carlson coming back with <laughs> his new, like, you know, robot foot that they've now said, actually, the cadaver didn't take. So we just amputated the whole foot and we've now replaced it with one of those uh, like Oscar Pistorius legs, but it's still mm-hmm. totally street legal. Then I'll be like, all right, I'm ready for the season to start.
1: I like the idea that Eric Carlson's robot skate has a button on it that you press and then it just deploys another smaller skate. <laughs> oh uh, exactly and everything is gonna be fine yep tune in next time folks for the thomas shabbat portion of the chet sellers and luke christy thomas shabbat cast and until that time you no know, good
0: system good system and good shabbat to you
1: whoa, 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 whoa. For christy and sellers were a couple of fowlers who both still live with their moms Town's local hockey team down, with some microphones on. No other podcast was finer. What was more of a hit with the big, big diners? We never thought they'd make it past episode five. Whoa, somehow these dudes named Shedden Parade are alive. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: I think they should reduce the seating even more, quite frankly. I think they should get it down to civic center levels. Maybe get rid of one whole side, see how that goes. Go Wu-Tang with
1: it. Just say, you know what, there's going to only be one seat for this hockey game. And then Martin Shkreli will purchase it for $15 million. <laughs> uh,
0: I don't see what's wrong with that. I mean, the exclusivity is what's important, right? I mean, Exactly. You've, if you could sell that one seat for more than you could sell 15000 for a regular game, why 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 not do it? Do it once. People will talk about it forever. The wise man knows that it's easier to sell one thing for $15 million than to sell 15 million things for $1. I will say, though, that if you do a game where you only sell one seat... I guess you are, as a fan, probably going to be on camera a lot, so that's worth keeping in mind. Kiss Cam with yourself. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I feel like there's a lot of pressure not to go to the bathroom. Spartacat
1: just keeps on pumping t-shirts into you with the (laughs) t-shirt cannon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, exactly. Your whole row wins a uh, Tim Hortons gift card. Is the senator's puck underneath hat one, two, or three? You're yelling three at yourself to guess three. Is this our dumbest riff ever?
0: It I might know. be.
1: I was thinking finally we we're rounding into form. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure.